Welcome back to the Bravo Zulu Podcast, episode 34. We're getting into another episode with James. This time, we're talking about his um, 9-11 memory, that where were you question. And it's funny how it goes from where he was, he was as a young sailor for 9-11, and then where he ended up, you know, several years later serving in Afghanistan again. And his perspective on what it was like in the beginning, and then how he experienced it when he was actually there. We touched on some of his duty stations and choices in between places that led him to be where he ended up. It's just kind of a lesson that, you know, no matter what you're doing and the choices you got to make, you got to do your research and then figure it out and find the silver lining and you know, manipulate it so it could work for you. Hope you enjoy. Thank you for coming back. Welcome back to part two of Intro to James. What's up, James? What it do? Yeah, we're just talking about I'm a little sluggish this morning. Uh, sorry about that. But, um, <clears throat> yo, let's kick it off. Uh, you know, last time we was talking about uh, kind of like your your first duty station and some of the shenanigans going on back in the day in the, the old school Navy. And uh, something I wanted to touch on with that before we jump forward a little bit was um like nine eleven. You was an uh, an adult in the navy, and, and you know you was a little bit older because you came in a couple years after uh, you did some college things, right? Yeah. So like, what was that like? Because it's always interesting, and you know, in the navy, every every chief season they have the chief selects talk about it and stuff. But I think it's more important, you know, or just as important to hear it from other people's perspectives. You know, whether they fucking retired as a chief or not to hear about, like, where they were on 9-11. So can you take us through your little bit of experience with that? Yeah. Um, well, my experience with 9-11 is, uh, I guess, not necessarily unique, but I, I guess it stands out a little bit more than uh, the average person's. So, you know, 9-11 is, you know, September. There's in, you know, Memorial of September 11, 2001, right? So... My birthday is September 14th. So just, you know, that alone would have made it kind of stand out, you know, a little bit more because obviously it was close to my birthday. Right. Uh, two, it stood out because, uh, you know, it was also while uh, we were on deployment. Oh, so, yeah, okay. Yeah. So that was actually my first deployment. So <laughs> that first deployment, uh, you know, you know, first time in the Navy, uh, hitting a deployment, you know, so I didn't have anything to compare it to, but, you know, a lot of the old timers, you know, were like, oh, well, this is the, like most port visits we've ever had during a deployment. So most people just call it a pleasure cruise. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, looking back at it, we, we, <laughs> we went support quite a bit i don't remember the exact times and actually i had a cruise book from that but it's lost in my mom's house somewhere um yeah it really was pretty much a pleasure cruise man uh you know i made third class on that deployment uh you know 
saw the world and uh, you know a few of the milestones. But we actually were down like transiting uh, on our way to South Africa. I want to say Johannesburg, but maybe in another part of South Africa. So we were supposed to go there, stay there for like three or four days. Then we were supposed to end up in uh, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. So basically, you know, we partied through the through Europe and, uh, you know, the idea at the time, you know, it was kind of uh, the bling bling era. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were all going to go to you know South Africa. And you know, spend all the money and get diamond this and diamond that, oh and uh, you know, all the OGs were telling us, you know, how cheap diamonds were there. So you know, we were gonna just ball out. And then you know, around that time, uh, you know, Brazil, you know, I think uh, I want to say you know, Puffy was dating J Lo, and you know, the you know, kind of the mommies were on the were on the come up, and. Uh, you know, you know, Brazil was just kind of in the in the zeitgeist. You know, it was, yeah. it, was it was a thing. Yeah. And you know, to finally get down there for that to be you know a real thing. You know, all of us young guys, we were like losing our minds too. So it was just there was a buzz, right? Everybody was happy. I mean, we like I said, we partied through the whole deployment. It was just everybody was all good. So we were like two days away from uh, you know actually arriving in South Africa. And, uh, you know, actually those two ports would have been our last ports before we went back home to Jacksonville. So it was the end, towards the end of our deployment. So, you know, regular routine, you know, everybody, you know, like I said, buzzing about hitting these last two spots. And I mean, everything was, was gravy. It was as, you know, as good of a deployment as you could have. It was just all, all going out. Right. So then all of a sudden, you know, the captain comes across the one MC and, uh, you know, our captain was pretty chill. I mean, actually really nice dude. You know, I talked to him several times, uh, you know, even though I was, uh, in supply, you know, a lot of the younger dudes, because, uh, the deck department was hurting and didn't have enough people and, you know, had a bunch of other shenanigans going on. A lot of the younger people, you know, they, they, they didn't necessarily have regular watches. They pulled to kind of help out the deck department. So of course, what does that mean? Like supply, of course. Right. And, you know, some of the uh, other little miscellaneous people they could find. So basically we had to stand, you know, deck watches sometimes, right. Help them out. So, you know, the deck watches go, you know, you rotate around the boat and the different little, you know, watch stations and, you know, part of their watch stations are, you know, driving the ship and, you know, standing port and uh, starboard lookout, you know, stuff like that. So that's how I kind of got to spend a lot of time on the bridge. So, you know, got to chill up there and, you know, kick it with everybody. And, you know, a lot of the O's, I mean, I can't lie. The O's were cool. A lot of them were younger. Uh, you know, just uh, like the captain was cool. You know, he uh, was real personable. would chat with everybody and stuff. And it was just a good vibe. So, you know, he wasn't one to exaggerate a lot of stuff. So when he went on the one MC, like everybody knew it was like it was some official stuff. Like it was like something serious, right? We knew it was it was a thing. So he got on there and was like, uh, you know, everybody stop what you're doing if you're able to or not a watch and get to a TV. I need to do this like right now. And like he was serious. We were like, what, what the hell is going on? Like, I mean, we knew nothing. 
uh, you know, and, and in those days, uh, you know, I don't know how it is now, but I mean, we had satellite phones, but only like department heads and LCPOs had those. So, you know, our communication was strictly uh, by internet and, you know, they could control the internet and cut it off and on when they wanted to, you know, we could go red river at any time or, you know, whatever they wanted to do. So, uh, you know, it came across today, hey, you stop what you're doing, you know, get to a TV. So of course everybody was like, okay. And he, had, he hadn't even like briefed the, the goat locker yet. It, he, it was just like immediate. So everybody just, you know, went to the TV, cut it on. And you know, I think I want to say, you know, we, we got like a CNN or something or, one of the cable uh, news channels and, you know, all that shit went down and we were like, what the hell is going on? Like, we had no word. I mean, maybe, you know, like, uh, like the Intel guys maybe had something, you know, or whatever, but the general, you know, person on the ship had no idea what the fuck was going on or yeah. part of my French. So, um, you know, we're looking at it and uh, so basically we're getting the information as the TV, you know, is telling us. And so, you know, obviously they don't know anything other than, you know, buildings are coming down and it looks like it was an attack. <clears throat> and uh, so, you know, everybody's just, you know, shocked. I mean, it's like, like we can't believe it. Um, At what what time of the day did he come out of the 1MC? It was daytime. I mean, I don't remember the exact time, but it was it was daytime. And then, um, like, when you cut on the TV... What what part of the the events were you guys turning on? By the time I got to a TV and saw anything, like it was one of the buildings coming down. Like oh, they were re- wow. they were replaying that yeah. over and over, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And, and at first, like uh, I kind of thought it was maybe a movie or something. I, I didn't know what to make of it. Yeah, and then you know, as they kept like you know explaining what was going on and. You know, then the you know captain came back on the one MC and they muted the TV, but didn't cut it off. And then he was you know telling us you know different stuff, whatever. And uh, you know everybody was freaking out because we didn't know what was going on. Whether it was like, was it only in New York? I mean, was the stuff everywhere? Was it an invasion? Like you know, like because uh, a couple of the flights want to say originated like in you know Los Angeles. So for me, you know, all my family is there. So it just we just didn't know. Right. And that's the worst part is not knowing. So, uh, you know, all that stuff, we probably watched it for probably about an hour. And, uh, you know, everybody should feel what the hell's going on. And you know, the captain's talking to us. And uh, next thing he goes like, yeah, well, uh, luckily we've been tasked uh, to do this, that or whatever. So, yeah, we had a U-turn and uh, <laughs> went back to uh, the area. And that was the end of our pleasure deployment and shit got real. So. Yeah, we never actually made it to South Africa or Rio de Janeiro. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we went and handled our business, and we were the first ship to uh, fire on Afghanistan. We were on the news, and oh, really? you know, our, yeah. All right. That's, uh, I mean, that's that's cool, I guess, but also, you know, unfortunate in the and, circumstances. Uh, was, yeah, I mean, it was crazy because, you know, by that point, I had seen us kind of do a few exercises or whatever, but obviously we had never like done anything like real world since I had yeah. been on board. But that was the first time, and like you know, our uh, 
you know, fired off some missiles and you got to see all that. And yeah, shit got crazy. I've never seen that. When I was on Destroyer, I don't even know if we launched one. I know we didn't launch yeah, one in any kind of like, uh, in any host- hostile way. Uh, we're a BMD ship, so we were mostly designated to our, you know, box of water and, and cruise that. But, um, like, during that time, like, for that time when that was happening, were you feeling like much of America was feeling? Like, you know, kind of like pumping your chest, like, yeah, man, we're, we're going to get them back? Because like, you were a little bit different, you know. So were you feeling that, too, at the moment? Um. Well, again, I mean, even when we were front, we still didn't have a lot of detail. The only thing we were really getting was really off the news. And then they put us in Red River, so, you know, we couldn't get any word from the outside world. And, okay. uh, you know, I mean, I didn't at the time have super access. So, I mean, I wasn't seeing any secret thing again. It was just what Chain of Command was telling us. So, I mean, I, I, I just didn't know. I, I was more worried about, like, my family, vice trying to be, you know, for me at least, like, obviously everybody's different, but I, I just wanted to know what was going on, because, like, I still, like, it didn't filter down to me, like, details, like, why, what, who, what. Right. I mean, Afghanistan, I mean, I heard the place, but I didn't know what the fuck was there. I mean, it just, yeah. at my level, it was still kind of a jumble, and we went and did some stuff, but to me, I still didn't know exactly the the what and the why, so... I mean, some people still don't know to this day, you could say. Yeah, you know? that's, uh, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a dark hole for another time. But yeah, um, yeah. so how was it watching, like, the, the Tomahawks and stuff? Like, like she said, I've never been on a ship that has done it, you know? And, and did you guys get to watch it, like, that on the, the, like the CCTV or anything like that? Or did you just kind of hear it at night when it, was, when it was jumping off or during the day? Uh, well, there were, you know, areas we could go look out from, plus they had it on TV. And, uh, again, you know, up to this point, I probably 60 to 70% of people on the ship had never done anything real world. Right. I mean, so you're talking about maybe all the way up to young first classes and especially like the JOs had never, you know, done shit about shit. Right. We'd always quote unquote trained and, you know, uh, qualified for a bunch of shit that we, you know, never did before. So, I mean, shit got real. That's, that was as real as it got. And I was yeah. like, wow, okay. I mean, and if she does that shit. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was actually uh, in, in awe for a little bit. Like, you yeah. know, the dudes that, you know, the dudes that, you know, combat and stuff, like, you know, I joke with them, you know, you know, we're young guys and, you know, yeah, dudes are fucking off here or there. But, you know, I mean, Surprisingly, you know, all that training kicked in and you know, everybody knew what they were supposed to do. There was never there was never a sense of like, oh, shit, what do I do? Like kind of that I ran into everybody kind of, you know, did their job. And, you know, I guess, you know, them beating it into us over all those, uh, you know, exercises and stuff paid off. But it, it was just weird to see everybody actually do their their role. Right. Because, yeah. you know, it was. uh much different than pulling into port, so. Oh, yeah, that, that's what a uh, concern always is, right? Is like, uh, are we going to be able to do that job when that job calls, you know, when, when, it, when it punches us in the face? And we got to, you know, turn, turn off the shenanigans and, and, you know, really get to work. And I'll tell you, like, in today's Navy, it's a big concern 
if people can do that, you know, um, not because we're not training and doing all that, but just because it's a different, different Navy today. And you got a lot of people that just like, no, you know, I don't, I don't feel like doing that today. I'm, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm taking a mental health day, which is important, but you can't take a mental health day when the fire is raging and, um, just cause you don't feel like fighting it, you know? But, yeah. And, uh, kind of like I said, for whatever reason, certain departments were short or whatever they were doing. So basically, if you were like E3 or like E4 and below, you know, you got part of my friends on that one, but, uh, you know, you kind of got tasked and pulled in, you know, a lot of directions and, uh, you know, being in supply. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not going to lie. A lot of times we weren't doing shit. <laughs> I mean, you know, there was there was some sleep ops in the in the app store rooms and a lot of PlayStation going on. Uh, so, you know, we got tasked to do a lot of stuff. So, again, you know, we kind of got loaned out to different departments for you know different stuff. So, you know, obviously, you know, working parties and hey, combat needs an extra body to watch this radar. Uh, okay. <laughs> Here you go. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> so like a 10 minute training and uh, hey, something looks funny. Come get somebody. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I'd been in combat before and seen everything. And you know, it was always jokey, jokey. I mean, even when we were training, it still wasn't like that, like a threat. You know, it, it's, right. it just wasn't that same kind of feeling. Uh, you know, getting thrown on a BBSS team in boarding ships and you're like, uh, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> so, you know, just all kind of shangies you get thrown into as a young guy, and, you know, got to kind of just roll with it. So, I bet but, uh, you, yeah, uh, I bet if you would have had your East Walls pin by then, it would have been a, a lot better experience. <laughs> you would have understood a lot more, but Hey, you know, neither here or there now. Yeah. Hey, whatever. Hater. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks for sharing that with us. Um, yeah, I think, like I said, I think it's important to hear everyone's little bit of story, especially, you know, you, you old salts that were, were in and experienced that. Um, yeah, like so that just, 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 just real quick, yeah. uh, you know, if everybody wants to check it out, check out the uh, USS Philippines C, CG-58, Afghanistan, 2001. It's on the two? It should be on. Uh, there's articles, and there may have been something on, like, YouTube from, like, CNN, I think. Yeah, check it out. All right, yeah. If I find something on YouTube, I'll definitely uh, link it up. Uh, I was gonna say, you know, there's a there's a sailor I work with now, uh, 20 years old, uh, born February 2000 or 2001 February. So you know, nothing but a wee seven month old kid. You know, when wow. when it happened, you know, and it, it's uh, it, it, that's crazy, right? You know, I was just in high school, so it's it's crazy when you touch over the like. Yeah, there's, you know, a new sailor like yourself. There are, you know, most of the old dogs now, you know, maybe very few of them, they left, you know. There's some still, but, you know, they're all junior, junior, younger sailors. Anyone that was an old salt back then is gone. You know what I mean? And now we just got this generation that uh, they're babies, literally babies when it happened. And they're just like, yeah, I have no idea about it. I don't even remember. Like, I was talking about watching the news um, you know, like in high school when they're when they still have like the in memoriam and they, they would call out every, you know, soldier, marine or, you know, whoever that had died that day. And he's like, Wow, they yeah. did that? They put that on the news? I was like, Bro, like you need to take a history class, man. <laughs> like like yeah, man, like it, it was like war, man. Like they're 
putting everything out there. He was like, whoa, you know, but yeah, enough about that. So then, you know, you went from Philippine Seed to Signola. You earned the name Juggernaut. Uh, I'm not going to disclose why. <laughs> I, you know, look up the comic, An Unstoppable Force, you know, uh, An Unstoppable Force. It was good to well, be actually, there. Actually, before you, you hit SIG, uh, you know, kind of one of the things that, like I said, you know, that was kind of where I was raised was the, was the Phil C. So, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was a lot of party time, but, you know, like I said, shit got real, you know, when nine eleven hit, plus we had a, uh, we had an SK come in, uh, who actually was on the coal oh, shit. during the time that they got attacked. So yeah, he had a, a young guy in third class. He, uh, he sustained a few injuries. I mean, nothing, you know, life altering or whatever, but he had like, a, like real PTSD. Like he'd have like moments and shit, like when there's loud noises, like, and he actually taught us about it. And like, yeah, it was, it was fucked up. So, I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a, a balance of, you know, kind of party time plus like some like real moments that actually, you know, yeah. ran into your that. So, yeah. Yeah. Real shit was going down, man. Real shit. Yeah. I mean, it still does. I think people just forget about we kind of in this lax period right now, and eventually it's gonna pop off again, and motherfuckers are gonna be you know have that reality check. So yeah, Signella. I mean, I don't want to go into that. We could gloss over it. Really, I don't think you got much to share. You were, uh, it was well, the juggernaut years. Yeah. Well, the thing about <laughs> Sig, the thing about Sig is that you know when you're on the East Coast. You generally make European deployments, right? You go through the Med and all that stuff. And generally speaking, when you're on the West Coast, you go through the Pacific, so yep. you hit like yeah, Asia, yep, all that stuff. So, as I guess we'll get to later, I kind of did both. I did a you know Westpac and you know a Med cruise. So it seemed like I'm one of the few people that actually did both because it seems like most people kind of pick a side and kind of stay there or whatever. But so yeah, you usually got that somewhat. You know the East Coast people, and they go to the East Coast because they either from there or they just love it for some reason. Yeah, I mean, people get you know sucked into different places and you know stay or whatever. I mean, it's cool, that's your business. But that was like that I ran into. I was one of the few people that actually had done you know cruises on both on both sides and uh, kind of seen it could compare both. So, but yeah, so hit Sig and like I said, we uh. We did med cruises, so that's how I, you know, kind of discovered Europe, we'll say, because I'd never been to Europe before that. Uh, so Signal is one of the places that we pulled into, so I kind of cheated and kind of knew, you know, what duty was there and kind of how it was. Mm-hmm. Plus, back in the day, uh, I don't know if they still have it, but it was something called AIP or Assignment Incentive Pay. Yeah, yeah, they still got different ones, yep. Okay, so, you know... Not only was there, you know, a, a good time incentive, there was a monetary incentive. So, you know, and it was strange because I was thinking to myself, like, well, how would you have to pay people to go to Italy? Yeah. Like, I couldn't fathom that. But, you know, talking to the recruiter, not recruiter, but to the detailers and, you know, my leadership, they're like, look, people don't want to go overseas. They just want to stay here in Mayport or go to Virginia or wherever the hell else they want to go. I was like, that's pretty stupid, but you know, teach their own. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we maxed out, I think at 
uh, it was like four or six hundred one to two. Damn. And then I put in, you know, the max bid. Oh no, I'm sorry, I put in a hundred less than the max. So I either got three hundred extra or for like five hundred extra, one of the two. One of the two. Mm-hmm. So you know, got picked up for that, and you know, everybody kind of spies other rates. Uh, you know, job openings during. Uh, you know, detailing situations and, you know, we talk shit to each other about, you know, our you know, duty stations and what we do. But uh, at the time, you know, ITs were getting $1,400 AIP to go to SIG. Yeah, to work back there, that back part of that, fucking whatever that shit was back there. Dude, it was like, it was like, it was like they would, it's like they would go for a week to their uh, little shed or whatever the little thing was. Yeah. And then they'd be chilling. So not only did you get, you know, cola, you know, uh, freaking, you would get cola, you freaking, uh, Oha was that, was that what it was? Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, your, your, you know, uh, your regular, your regular pay, yeah. then you get the, the, you know, your possibly 1400 bucks, your, uh, your fucking MRATs or whatever food money, another three, three fifty. Yeah. Whatever that was. But then you get the AIP, and I was like, are you – like, we were all bitching. We were like, what in the hell? Like, no way. So, you know, when I got over there, uh, you know, of course, there were some ITs coming in or whatever. And when you go to a foreign duty station, I'm, I'm assuming it's still the same way. You kind of go to, like, a base in-dock mm-hmm. or some some for sure it's probably similar. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was talking to the IT dudes, and they were all just giggles, giggles and sniggles. They were like, man, we about to get paid, this bitch. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I think you are. Yeah. Asshole. So, uh, yeah, man. So, I, I mean, and it was crazy. Every overseas location, I mean, Rhoda, Naples, freaking Suda, everybody was, it was, they were struggling to get people to go over there. And I was like, wow. Well, so, like I said, took the money, ran, went overseas, and, uh, you know, became the juggernaut. You know, uh, 1400 bucks is nothing back then. Like, for some people, that's a whole damn paycheck. You know, for a second dude, class back then, that was probably like two thirds of a paycheck, easy. Dude, that was on top of everything. Like you were balling, you were damn near getting paid like cheap. Because one of my boys, actually, uh, who's still in, like he was super anal about his paycheck and you know, like breaking it down to like the the penny. He was getting paid. You were getting paid if you were a second class. You were getting paid like a chief, like yeah. stateside. Yeah. That's- this is good to go, man. I mean, even for myself, who was just getting like cola and stuff, right? I was seeing more money than my parents would see had seen, like at any job they'd ever worked, you know, raising me. Yeah, you know what I mean. And then even when I came back uh, stateside, and I was like for a year in Virginia, I was looking at my paycheck while I was in Virginia, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like it was a little bit of life change, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like, dude, what? Oh yeah, it was. It, <laughs> you know, reality, reality hits you in the face uh, quickly when you come back uh, to yeah. the states. I mean, luckily yeah. from there, I went. I went to Hawaii and started getting that cola back. But I was like, all right, this is better. Like we back to normal, you know what I mean? And, and BH when I was in Hawaii, but like for that one year and when I was in Virginia, I was just looking at that shit like, man. Y'all gotta be kidding me. I gotta get somewhere where they paying people because they, I can't know. I have a lifestyle that I need to live. <laughs> you know, like shit. Yo, it was, and it was crazy because dudes were out there. But I mean, even if they didn't necessarily buy stuff there, 
you know, everybody would tell you what their plan was, you know, for after the fact. Like, mm-hmm. dude was like, oh, I'm just going to go back and buy, a, you know, a Mercedes cash or, you know, I'm going to go buy this, that or whatever. I was like, damn, dude. And, you know, everybody was hating on the IT. Like, everybody gave them side eye because they would always bitch about having to go to their little shack, shed, whatever they called it. You're like, dude, you sit there for like a week on duty, like once a month. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. So, yeah. yeah. Tough, tough, tough. So uh, yeah. after that, sometime let, let's let's talk about your um your IA tour and how you jumped into that. Well, we 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 can't gloss over Sig because uh, you know what Sig, you know the military. Like I tell a lot of young people, it's it's a game, right? Yeah. And you make of it what you want. So as as a young person, you know it's your chain of commands duty to kind of teach you how to you know, look at orders and understand what they really mean and how they affect mm-hmm. your career and all this other stuff. Because you can end up screwing yourself if you don't pick the right path and not know it. But if you know it and you want to do certain things and you accept the uh, outcomes of it, then, I mean, you know, people have family obligations and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you make up it what you want. And why do I bring that up is because, <clears throat> so when I first came in, it was just kind of an accepted fact you know, going to a ship first, you know, of course, hey, you, you see shore rotation, you hit it, and you stay somewhere for a little bit, then you back out to sea, go back to sea. That's the whole thing. And they, every, they used to beat that in our heads the whole time. Back to yeah. sea, all sea. Da, 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 da. Well, you know, along the way, on my first, uh, my first duty station, you know, we would be out to sea and go to different places, and you would see other people that had these kind of weird jobs and i'm like well how is this dude in the navy and he's like a he's like basically a husbanding agent in singapore and he doesn't do this that whatever but he's a storekeeper but he doesn't do this that or whatever like so how does he do this yeah and uh you know i'm asking my chain of command they're like well you know he uh that must be your master chief impression yeah, basically. So, man, <laughs> like, oh, don't don't worry about that. Stokey was belong at sea. So, you know, upon further review, comes to find out that, hey, that's not always really the case. And that's not always, we'll say, the required path to advance. Because if, you know, if you look at, well, at the time, if you looked at the, uh, the wrecks on there, there would be jobs advertised. I mean, there's always jobs, you know, on yeah. the on the thing, right? However, come to find out, there's a lot of jobs that aren't on there, and yeah. I didn't know that. At least back sometimes in the day, that's how it was. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know that. Sometimes it was just word of mouth, or like you know, it was hand picking type shit, or you know, hooking my homeboy up. Yep. So. I'm like, I asked it when the dudes, like, like specifically this uh, husband agent guy, because I had to go work with him for some stuff for the ship. Like, how did you get this job? Like, what, like, what did, you, where did you see this at? Like, what is it called on the, you know, in on the, on the detail and stuff? And he was like, oh well, you know, uh, it was his first class, and he'd never been on a boat, and yeah. he gave me this long, weird history of what he did. And I'm like, well, how the hell do you do that? And uh, he was like, oh, man, da, 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 da. basically, you got to know somebody. I'm like, oh, well, shit. Oh, really? That's how it is? 
Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, in my brain, I know that's basically, you know, what it kind of comes down to in, you know, outside the military. But, you know, I didn't think it was the same way in the military. You know, that's kind of naive. But, you know, I just, my brain just didn't think that way. It just, you know, because yeah. I was, it was beating my head. Go to sea, go to sea, go to sea. <clears throat> so, like I said, come to find out there's a lot of the hidden shit that, you know, that's out there that, you know, people try to keep for themselves and their homeboys. So when I get to SIG, I'm on shore duty. So I figure, okay, on normal rotation, I'll be there for three years and I'm, you know, headed back to sea. Well, you know, I don't know if you remember, a lot of the first classes uh, at ASD <laughs> were playing the game, right? So these yahoos would would do like, and I forget the exact types. You have to look it up what they were but basically it was like overseas short like like overseas shore duty that counted yeah. as sea duty because yeah. there was also la madalena in sardinia the the subtender so all these yahoos did was just say hey i'm gonna go there for my quote-unquote sea duty never hit a ship roll over to sig and that would be their shore duty and actually sig was the same way yeah, and it was overseas shore duty yep. that had counted as sea duty, you know, actually like right before we got there yep. and they cut that shit off. So a lot of the first classes there had done that like bullshit for and years. basically, yeah, for years, just, just hop back and forth, hop back and forth. Yep. And then kind of like uh, my favorite guy in the world, uh, old Feli, he had spent like most of his career at ASD. He just went from room to room to room doing yeah. the type three yeah, and the short duty. Yeah, I remember he'd say he spent like 10, 12 years there. <laughs> He was like, this is the best ship I've ever been on. Like, you dick. So, you know, I mean, you know, at that point, then they was like, well, hey, it's kind of like cheaper to keeper. Hey, they want to fuck themselves. Go, go. So be it. But it was cheaper, I guess, you know, some bean counter somewhere to keep these you know, dudes there and just kind of do that with them. Then bring any new blood in. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they were, I, I guess, good at what they did, but, you know, very few of them made chief, but. Again, that's what I said. Like they knew what the repercussions were for their actions, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But you know, quality of life, shit, the money they were making over there, and you know, I mean, I can't really blame them. I mean, they all retire with the same benefits I got. So I mean, <laughs> you know, yeah, it is what it, it is. What it is. That was actually and three it, of them. That was Ophelia, uh, uh, Lewis, the, and the Frost. Spanish guy. No, I mean the Spanish guy too. Who, who's the, the one? Who's that? The remember. one that was out in the power cell that got in trouble. I don't remember. I don't. That. I don't remember. Long story short, since I'm not yeah. gonna say his name, he was banging one of the uh, one of the chicks over there. So no, no good. Don't do it. But yeah, yeah. So yeah, all them cats were doing that. Like I said, jumping from a subtender then to some shore, then to Signella shore bus counted as C, and then oh, you know, back to the subtender, oh Signella's shore duty now, let me go back to Signella, <laughs> right, I mean, and those, like you said, those count, like, two or three tours in, you're up to like, nine years, six, nine twelve years all of a sudden, you know three years yeah. every time, just about average, you know, it's yeah. add up real fast and I was like, I don't, when, when, when Feli told me that, I was like, what? I was like, what the hell? How did that even happen? Like, yeah <laughs> you know, details are breathing down our necks. You know, telling my generation, you know, go to sea and blah 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 blah, and all this bullshit. But yet, so I don't know, man. I don't know how they pulled it off or whatever they did. But so that's kind of like what was going on at the time. And uh, 
So when my generation came through, they were like, no, that bullshit's over. <laughs> yeah, that shit's even worse now. So, uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was cool. Like I said, first uh, shore duty. Kind of got to see how that worked out. Uh, I learned a lot about, you know, local nationals and how they get hired and how that kind of works. And that was a, that was a thing. Uh, and of course, you know, from there, you know, got to travel and, you know, meet people and stuff. And I obviously met you and, uh, you know. Yeah, you met young Josh. That's a <laughs> young same Josh. person, different time. Young Josh. West yeah. side. West side till I die. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. No comments, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, man. So, you know, short duty. Short duty uh, you know, happened and decided to stay in and uh, you know. I kinda got screwed. Kinda got screwed coming out of there. Uh I actually had an opportunity to uh, kind of pull some shenanigans myself because uh, like during my time to look at bricks, there was, well, it was just, what was it? It was because uh, Lamad had shut down or was shutting down or whatever by the time I came up for orders. But uh, you know, it's kind of weird because you're like, when you're in a certain rate, you kind of expect to do that your whole yeah. career sort of well that doesn't really always happen you know sometimes you take a billet somewhere just to be there or you know stuff works out differently so you know i worked at asd most of my time but then i went over to uh basically it was a what do we call it port ops or whatever it was yeah so basically i did like custom stuff and you know space a or you know ships and stuff like that or whatever so kind of got that little background got that little certification and i was trying to pull a maneuver to go do that up in uh, Germany and I, I had it in the bag until they found out I didn't have a warfare pin dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> because uh, yeah my actually actually this chief uh, what was the dude the who was this, uh, uh, the senior chief uh, was he there when you were there uh, uh, Sandstrom or it was something he had like a Nordic name I don't know he was, I, about, he was all about. He was all about. I really remember from there is the one you mentioned was it Rodell or something. The first Filipino yeah, chief, chief we had, Chief, Ro, chief Rodell. Yeah, yeah. But no, him. this dude was like the uh, LCPO. He was. Uh, he was all about PT. And he was oh, like weird. that Bosey makes senior chief. Yeah, uh, yeah. I forget. He was like. Name, he was he all was, juiced up all the time. Yes, all the fucking who got in the morning could not yeah. stand him. So he uh he he like snitched me out and then sent a letter to somebody or email to somebody and yeah so anyway so that didn't happen yeah, hey so n- note to self I guess get your pin on your first command <laughs> yeah that's fucked up uh so yeah from uh, Siganella Sicily I ended up in uh, Oak Harbor Washington yeah. dun 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 yeah. Good time. Yeah, That's I survived. A, you, uh, that was a squad. Right? Yeah, so I went from uh, surface to uh, that uh, that squadron life. So again, you know, looking back at my career, I've kind of been all over, kind of done a little bit of this and that, and kind of seen kind of you know all, a lot of different sides of things. So in retrospect, I guess it was good, but you know. Could have been better places, I guess, but 
Yeah. Yeah. So Oak Harbor, Oak Harbor, Washington, it happened. Yeah, I remember you, you. You'd hit me up every now and then from there, and just be like how much of a horrible place it was. Well, yeah. I mean, again, if you're the type of person that likes hunting and fishing and being out in nature and all that kind of stuff, I mean, you would have loved it. That's what it's all about, right? Yeah. But when you say Washington State, the first thing people say is, "Oh, it rains all the time in Seattle." Well, we were like two hours, like one way, yeah, away from Seattle, yeah, yeah, yeah. and any activity. So literally, you were stuck on this island, and the island was like Alabama, but on the west coast. It was just, it was just, it was no, it just wasn't my kind of cup of tea. I'll leave it yeah. at that. That's true. Yeah, I've been out to Everett once on travel, and yeah, Everett is its own place out there. You know, but see, like Everett, an hour from Seattle. Exactly. So even Everett. Yeah, is not Seattle. Yeah, but we're even further yep. away from Seattle. Yeah, for you guys, you gotta take the ferry across somewhere, or you have to well, we, like yeah, we, drive all the way up and around. And I don't think a lot of yep. people realize that about Washington State, where the naval bases are, and how they're situated within within that whole you know watery like bay and lot island and locks and all that shit, whatever you want to call it, right? Like they're out there by themselves, you know. Yep. Um, it, it would behoove you to be into that shit or be willing to get into all the outdoorsy shit. Uh, but you know, yourself being a city boy, LA guy, yeah, I was, yeah, laughing. not so much. I was so, <laughs> so, to, so just imagine to go to the airport. Like, if your homie says, Hey, bro, like, I need a ride to the airport, usually you're like, Okay, cool, whatever. It's a four hour round trip, so yeah, yeah, no, no. yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. So, hey man, you figure it out, homie. <laughs> so like I mean they had like a little shuttle thing they had set up for, but it was yeah, still a hot mess. So uh so yeah, everything you wanted to do was actually in the city or in Canada, which was like again, two hours north. And there was like a little small college town, which is like an hour and some change north. So nothing you really wanted to do was in Whitby. You just had to just make do. Yeah, yeah, you had to make like overnight trips, probably. I've, yeah, like, so, I've never been there, but I'd imagine be like, okay, I'm going here, I'm spending the weekend, or at least exactly. overnight, because who the fuck is driving an hour or two hours back, you know, at the end of a party night? Fuck that. No, that's how you die. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, and then, so, oh, I, I mean, that one, I mean, that, that was pretty much that, huh? Oak Harbor? <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty much it. And oh, by the way, <laughs> I'm not like a fix it guy, like a a hands on toolsy kind of fix shit kind of guy. That's not my jam, right? So, uh, in addition to all that environment stuff, you know, as soon as I I get there, they're like, "Yeah, man," da 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 da, da. because I picked up the uh, the Emerald NEC. Mm-hmm. On my way to Siganella, but I never did use it whatsoever. I don't know why they needed that there, but you know, whatever. Because that's a AIMD function, mm-hmm. not ASD. Yeah. So I don't know, whatever. So I got that, but they uh, kind of find out that most squadrons, you know, align that with the tool room. So as soon as I got there, they were like, "Hey, hit the tool room." I was like, "The tool room? What the fuck is that?" It's <laughs> like what? Yeah, so yeah, not my jam. You didn't know not, they're, they're asking for a, a, a three fourths, and you're like a what? Righty tighty, uh, lefty Lucy, huh? That's bad, man. Bro, bro, I didn't know. 
shit from shit. <laughs> it was a hot mess. And oh, by the way, the the person I replaced had been had like left early by like six months. So it was a six month gap in the billet. So basically they were doing it by rotation and nobody gave a shit. They were just going there and just do whatever, right? Just yeah. Shut people up. It's and there were no inspections or whatever going on. Oh dude. So if you don't know anything, like aviation is all about their programs. Like yeah. the NAMP and blah 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 and the QA, the like it's just it's a whole thing. So during that time, I guess QA did them a favor and didn't do shit. So I opened the door to their little shack and it looked like Hurricane Katrina had gone in there and just, I mean, there were footprints on paperwork. I mean, there was just, it was a hot mess, just a hot mess. And oh, by the way, we leave uh, for deployment in two weeks. So yeah, you got it. <laughs> so, so little me didn't have fun there. So yeah, good times. Where'd you go after but, that? Uh, back to sick. Oh, so that was my right. okay. So that was my reward for dealing with that bullshit. So I'm not going to mention her name, put her on blast, but uh, there were there were a lot of shenanigans that happened in in, uh, in Oak Harbor. A lot of shenanigans, and uh, so the person that was there uh, when I got there, we were both second classes at the time. And she was kind of like the acting LPO, I guess. But the bad part about it in the squadron, and again, I don't know if that's how it is now, but you know, you have a limited number of supply people, right? And you don't have a supply chief because as soon as you make chief, you're you're out of there, like you're gone. So the highest ranking dude you usually have is a first class, and then you don't even have like a like a suppo. You have like a was it MMCO mm-hmm. who really is an aviation dude or some Yahoo they pick whatever and he's like the lowest on the totem pole out of all the officers basically because the mmco or mmc whatever it is however it is the the, the pco runs him mm-hmm. so imagine being a second class who's an acting lpo you can't go to any of the first class meetings Obviously, you don't go to any of the goat locker situations. So imagine having to fight for your people and get people, you know, awards and all kind of stuff. Dude, it was given. Bruh, like, (laughs) I had so many, uh, (laughs) you know, conversations with a lot of people. So, and I'm not the dude to take a bunch of shit from people. So, you know, we uh, had a lot of conversations about that. So it was, it was fun times. So that little pet that they had there, like I said, we were both second classes and uh, I guess she had it because she was there and like her old first class had just left and kind of Hakuna Matata her as the leader. And, you know, she was all, she was all uh, show and no substance. Like by the book, like she knew the net more than me when I first got there just because she had been there longer. But like, like generally, like she knew squadron more than me, but like yeah. general SK shit, like she couldn't touch me. Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't really going to go there and make ways. I was going to sit in my little room and, you know, do my little thing and whatever. But, you know, some shit kind of happened and, uh, you know, we kind of got our ass ha- asses handed to us because of the shit that she did. And uh, so I kind of had to flex on her. So even though I, these, you know, dude still made me like technically run the tool room in Emerald. 
I basically became the LPL. So I stayed like in the tool room, did my thing. She stayed out there, but you know, basically I was kind of running the show. And uh, like I said, I had a few, well, not a few, but <laughs> quite a few battles with uh, some other first classes. And, uh, you know, we, uh, I kicked a few of them out of the tool room <laughs> and, you know, told them they weren't getting shit. And yeah, it was, yeah. That's your program, man. <laughs> Everyone knows tool rooms are not, you know, tools are not to be fucked with in the aviation hey, side, right? So that's, that's what they told me. Hey, so, yeah, you know, yeah. don't lose the fucking tool, right? All right, don't lose it and don't fuck with I mean, it. I, I made a, <clears throat> I called a few five walk down because it's like, yeah, dude, I was a little beast. So, <laughs> you know, they, uh, I was a little beast. They didn't have to like me. Can't find my socket. Fod walk down. Get hey, out there, bitches. You know, <laughs> hey, they didn't have to like it. But they had to respect the juggernaut. So, you know, it was what it was. And, uh, you know, I I ended up making first class. You know, I advanced before she did. And uh, she was salty about that. So, uh, you know, my homeboy, the NC1, was like, damn, man, it's about time. I I, I needed you in here. I was like, yeah. I'm coming. <laughs> so basically, when I when I when I got in the uh, the first class world, you know, got invited to the meetings and all this other shit. You know, I was yeah. Let's just say I raised a little hell, and these dudes were doing shit just completely bad. It was it was it was just some insane stuff. It was a lot of uh, old boys club shit going on. And well, I mean, I tell people all the time. They got a homeboy out here that that I was stationed with, and we say it all the time. But there is a big difference. Between a, a SK, right? Like, yeah, like shoot, small Navy SK and an aviation SK. Oh, night and day. Just complete difference. Just complete. And yeah, just. It's not a diss on, on you having a, a better, you know, per diem life with a P3 squadron. It's not. No, it's, it's not that. It's just there's a big difference. There just is. Anyone yeah, will tell you that. I would say you would have to be the type of person, like a type A personality, because you don't really have any support. And then if you're, what is it, MMCO is a pussy, which, I mean, he was a good guy. And, and ironically enough, he was a second class at uh, AIMD when I was at SIG. Oh, okay. And then he became an officer, so he was like some wrench turner picking whatever. Yeah. And I remember, I kind of remembered him, like just seeing him around, and you know, and then you know, obviously we reunited, whatever. I mean, he was cool. He just had no backbone, so yeah. I had to get brolic with people quite a bit. And then you know, for us, you know, because we were uh, the EA six B, like a what was it Prowler, Growler, whatever the fuck yeah. it was, Prowler yeah. Squadron. You know, um, we deployed to the ship. So that was a whole different world, right? So I had never done that before. So when you when you're uh, you know squadron and you go to a ship, like those you know ship people hate you. Number one because that's when they actually have to do some work. Because when you show up, mm-hmm. you're needy and depending upon your uh, you know your squadron PC. I mean, you know, trying to run shenanigans all the time. So you can imagine before I made first class, like a young second class mean you know, getting told by my PC some crazy shit, not having, like, returnable, like, just, I mean, just all kind of shit. Running silver bullets left and right and, you know, having to go down to actual boat supply and, you know, explain this shit to them and then, you know, cussing me out. So you're getting it both ways. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm trying to, you know, fight back against my piece. Like, hey, we can't do this. This is not what we're supposed to be doing. Well, I don't give a damn. We're going to make it happen. I'm like, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. What else can you do? Yeah. Okay. And, uh, get shit on over here then. <laughs> <laughs> so we, so we deployed to the, I want to say Kennedy. I think it was. No, yeah, Kennedy I think was out. Lincoln. Was it Lincoln? I'm sorry. Yeah, the Lincoln. Yeah, because, Lincoln. Yeah. because I, I ran into this crazy. I ran into you. In Thailand, yeah. When we're no, when we were, I went, we went to Hawaii. I ran into you there. No, there, but also Thailand. You guys, really? we, we pulled in. It was like a oh, I forget oh nine oh ten. I pulled in. It was it was oh it was oh eight oh oh okay oh eight because is by mere coincidence a package for you showed up in the post office on my ship and I, I was looking at it because we're in the same uh, group. I was like James Russell. No way, like the James Russell, like my homie, <laughs> like this can't be him. And so I reached out or it made some emails or whatever, and and uh, yeah, it was yours. I was like, oh shit, and then we, we hung out on the pier there for a little bit. I remember that. That was, that was dope, you know, running into somebody on deployment, and then also in Hawaii when, when we got back and everything, which was cool. Okay, too. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. my bad. Yeah, yeah it was Stanky Lincoln, right? So the good old Stanky Lincoln. So like I said. Should people hate you? Mm-hmm. I'm getting set up on my PC. I'm trying to fight them, you know, against doing stupid shit. And, and this one chief on there, this I think it was a, you know, he's a master chief. <laughs> this dude broke out the footprints, like little black footprints by his desk. Whoa. And, he, and, you know, he really did it to chew his own people's ass when they would fuck up, whatever. But he always made the uh, the squadron people come down there and announce them, like go through all this whole rigmarole and shit. And my squadron was known for doing stupid shit. So, I mean, he, like in his head, he knew I could, I mean, it was what it was. I mean, I can't do much about it. Yeah. So, well, but still, he, oh yeah. Oh dude. <laughs> Petty officer Russell. <laughs> How you doing today? Hi, <laughs> right, Chief. How you doing? I was like, go to them, them standing there, just hands in his shit. Dude, I mean, he, it, it would just like they start clapping and shit when I would come because again we were constantly doing stupid shit. So whenever you went down, I was like, oh, here's oh, this dude. fucker again. Like, because they wouldn't send, they wouldn't send like send like the most junior dudes. It would always be like, oh, well, Russell. Mm-hmm. They were like, yeah, we're training you to be a chief. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks, buddy. So, yeah, yeah, I get set up on suicide missions. Go down there, and get blown up, and. You know, shit, man. It was good times. Yeah, good times. So, yeah, that happened, and uh, yeah. So from like while I was there, so I kind of like I said, I butted heads with a lot of the uh, other first classes and a lot of the chiefs. Excuse me. Like I said, we didn't have any khakis, so. You know, I had to stand up to a lot of people and, you know, when they're trying to fuck over my people and, you know, it was weird because like all the, basically they called them the top siders and then the real, like real siders, whatever it was. So basically like all your, besides supply, like your non uh, maintenance people, like, you know, admin and medical and like all these other people. So like when we were, when we were in port or not out to sea, 
a lot of these people would be TAD to other places, but then when we deployed, they come back to our squadron. And so really you see these people like once every six months, mm-hmm. like, like we had MAs, we had a freaking uh, secret squirrel dude. I was like, who the fuck are you? I've never seen you since I've been here, but you know, whatever. Okay. So a lot of those dudes, I'm going to call it, the, the, they were pussies and they had no backbone. So, they, you know, try to get me to go do their dirty work for them. I'm like, why don't you go fucking go talk to this person near yourself or whatever? So, you know, I had to leverage that to uh, my advantage because they were pussies and, uh, you know, got some stuff done for my boys and myself. So, uh, yeah. So out of there, uh, you know, that was a time when they were starting up the surge in Afghanistan and, uh, this whole IA thing came about. So I don't know if it was true everywhere, but basically all the IA billets went to uh, actually like our, uh, like our version of ATG, like the shore, like the shore side, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they're the ones that actually got the IA billets and then either they could fill them or they couldn't. And then we'll farm them out to, you know, the flight line. Mm-hmm. So at the time, uh, you know, group had like one person was pregnant, one dude couldn't pass his PRT, and another dude had a medical. I mean, they were all just tore up over there, just mm-hmm. you know, lame duties and shit. So, you know, none of these people were gonna go. So then they went up and down the flight line, and uh, again, all these mysterious illnesses start coming up with people like, oh yeah, well. My foot hurt. Like, you know, all this shit started coming up because at the time, you know, Afghanistan was getting kind of real and depending upon where you went, like, yeah, and you didn't know beforehand. It was just like, it wasn't like picking orders. It was like, here, you get this. And, uh, you know, especially like dudes that were on shore duty, because you, even if you were on shore duty, you were, you know, eligible to get, get hit with one of those. So, uh, yeah, it was it was crazy, man. Like uh, I think we, uh, like like the the chick that that was there when I first got there, she rolled out. Uh, so we were actually what was it? There was the group was actually getting a first class, but like I said, they couldn't fill that billet, so they were getting pressure from above, like. Hey, like Whidbey Island, you're going to do this. You need a body. Let's get a body. So the drug deal was that that first class that was coming to the group was going to come to us. So basically his duty changed from shore duty to like sea duty. I don't know. I mean, I guess this is a bargain the dude had to take or whatever it was. I don't know how they sold it to him. I don't know. Just it happened, right? You know, shit just, it happens. So then they were like, uh, you know, put out Russell, let me talk to you. And, uh, you know, let's see, I know they were like, uh, yeah, well, you know, uh, this thing came up and we just wanted to break it to you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, this, this IA and, you know, you, you're one of the few people left that could qualify for it. And, you know, because it was, it was lined up with your rate, right? So it's not like, I mean, you'd be a storekeeper and, being a goddamn door kicking team or yeah, whatever. I mean, a supply guy out there or something yeah. related. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everybody was looking at it like it was just like the end of the world and all this other stuff. 
And then when I found out, I was like, really? Shit, let's get it. <laughs> number one. I, I mean, I did a little research and talked to a few people once I was told. And I kind of knew that, number one, I wasn't, like I said, getting in any, any, getting in any firefights or anything crazy. And then you could actually look up your Noble Eagle number and kind of kind of figure out kind of what you were doing. Because mm-hmm. like when they first told me, they were like, yeah, just give it a couple of days and, you know, just kind of think about it and we'll talk about some more. So then, like I said, that's when I did my research. And I kind of knew kind of what I was doing. You know, and the big thing back then was convoys. Convoys were getting tore up left and right, yeah. right? So it was the whole thing for, like, supply guys. You don't want to be in a convoy. So I kind of knew that I was going to be at a base doing something. So it wasn't necessarily convoy or whatever, because then I looked at the because in the it were actual orders, like there was training and shit, like they like a progression of training before you went there. So there was nothing about like convoy driving or any of that shit on there on my orders. So by the time we put it all together, I was like, okay, fuck it. I'll get away from you assholes and yeah. you know, like, you know, chill. And oh, by the way, on the back end of it, you're supposed to get dwell time. So what that was is that for however long you were deployed, you were not deployment eligible. And so, you know, I calculated in my head, if I played this right, I could never have to deploy with these dudes again before I got the fuck out of there because they were going to go on a deployment like right when I, uh, like a month, like it was, it was close to them to go again by the time I got picked. And then they were going to go again right when I was transferring. So all their workers and shit, like I may or may not, you know, get into, but I knew I wasn't going to deploy with them. So in my brain, it kind of works out like, yeah, plus you get paid a little, you you got a monetary bump. And uh, so in my head, it was all good. And everybody was like, oh my God, pat me on the back. I'm so sorry. And that is, I'm like, hey, it's all good. (laughs) So, you know, I took it like a G. I didn't start crying all that bullshit like these other people were doing. And, uh, you know, when I ate. Man, how was that? Yeah, I mean, again, I'm not trying to diminish anything for anybody or whatever. Everything I say is basically just my experience, right? Some people yeah. had better experiences. Some people had worse experiences. So I don't want anybody feeling any type of way about their favorite duty station or whatever, right? everybody's experience is unique to themselves. But for me, Afghanistan was off the chain. Like I loved it. (laughs) So now we had like a three month workup of like training. Mm -hmm. So I'll go from uh, Whidbey, Whidbey Island, Washington down to uh, Port Wanini. So I was there for like a month or something. So I got to go back home, chill, you know, work, whatever eat my in and out and my tacos. I was good to go. (laughs) And then from there, we went to uh, Fort Jackson in uh, South Carolina. I think we were there maybe a month or so, maybe a little less, something like that. So again, so basically, once I left Wanimi, I hit Fort Jackson. There was kind of like a group of us, right? That's where I kind of met my group of people uh, that we kind of went through the rest of our training with, right? So that little group, you know, was mixed with 
all the way from like officers all the way down to like e nothings, right? So just our little group would would go through the rest of the train together, and then from there disperse off to wherever we were going, right? So Fort Jackson, you know, is the army, and you know these dudes like to play army games and. I mean, to be very honest with you, they were cool with us. I mean, they knew what time it was. Yeah. Like, that's not really our background to do shit like that. Yeah. But so it was, it was friendly, friendly hazing. Like, you know, they fuck with us. We fuck with them and stuff. So Fort Jackson was cool. We actually got to go to the South Carolina Gamecocks, their homecoming. And, uh, you know, we went in uniform. You know, we got free food, drinks, tickets. Of course, we were there at the game and stuff. And so it was, it was a good time. Chill, you know. Uh, on the weekends we got to leave and you know if you're a certain rank you know go to go out and do whatever so you know so so far i'm having a good time like it's all all good and, you know the uh good old squadron is back there doing what they do and uh you know then we hit where did we go it wasn't Djibouti. it was fuck what's the other one it's not Djibouti. Right. it's yeah what's the Bahrain? Or UAE Emirates? It, it may it was it may have been one of those two, but yeah. basically there was like a forward like staging place to like dudes that were like in country somewhere like Iraq or Afghanistan could come there and chill for a minute or leave or people that were in transit. You know, it had a bunch of video games, it had like all that MWR shit, yeah, right? Yeah. So, but then there was also like another like training portion of it. So, you know, we trained during the day and you know sleeping on little huts and shit at night and. You know, party and shit. Like it was, like, I mean, it was chill. You know, I couldn't complain. Yeah. So, so from there, you know, went on to where we had to go, and I ended up at uh, Bagram. You know, first I was there for like a couple of days. You know, there had to do some paperwork and get some shit together, and you know, and from there I had to go to uh, Kabul International Airport or Kia. Stayed there for a couple of days, do some shit. And I finally ended up at you know Camp Phoenix, which was still in uh, Kabul, which is the capital of uh, Afghanistan. So that's where I was actually going to be staying at. But I actually was going to be working at a supply depot, maybe like fifteen minutes away. So yeah, it was a uh, it was a thing. And uh, you know when I got there, uh, you know I kind of looked around and. Uh, Dude, that base, or FOB, as they say, sorry, was, uh, it was off the chain, man. It was, it looked as amenities, huh? Dude, it looked like Naples, bro. It was off the chain. Yeah. Like, like the gym had like a brand new, like full length basketball court and like had an Olympic size swimming pool and freaking, like, yeah. Our, our, our B huts were kind of, yeah, kind of raggedy, but I mean, they were sufficient. I mean, it was definitely bigger. A much bigger space than I had on the ship for sure. So I mean, like you, could, you know, put your shit like it was like you had like your own room, like you know, yeah. in a house kind of deal. Uh, you know, had enough space. I mean, you know, I couldn't complain about that. We had like cable TV we could buy and internet and shit. Like it was just chill. Then, you know, the DFAC or their galley, like it actually was run by civilians. So it wasn't any of these meal card bullshit that they were doing. Like Probably you can really get food, food, dude. Yep. Like. That was, it was some good ass shit. Like they get seasoned stuff. How you, bro? Like it was off the chain. Then yeah. they had a barbecue hut, and the barbecue hut made like real like barbecue. 
but like each day they rotated, they had a different protein. So one day it would be fish, one day it'd be like ribs, one day it would be chicken or, you know, like steak or one day, whatever it was, but it was real, like on the grill, like shit. Yeah. And there was like a real pit master. And uh, he had his little Afghani workers that actually, you know, did the lifting and whatever, but he did the seasoning and all that stuff. And yeah. bro, like there was nothing like coming home from a long day at our uh, depot, bruh, getting some ribs, bruh, like, yeah. bruh. Yeah. Then they had like a little green beans, which is like a little fake bootleg Starbucks. So you get your little frappes and all this other shit. And they had bazaar <laughs> on base. You could shop and bruh, yeah. like, and they also, you know, sold bootleg movies. They let them sell bootleg movies. So, you know, we were up to date on like all the movies, you know, and they were super high quality. So I remember Iron Man came out and I actually watched Iron Man over there. Like so, yeah, it was. A lot of people don't realize how good it is on base, on the bases and, and fobs over there. Like a lot of them, uh, you know, you gotta think. Well, what years? Like 2010, 2011, something like that. Uh, yeah. 2009. 2009. Like, I mean, they've been at it for a while. You know, eight years now. Like in Afghanistan, they had built this shit out. You know. Uh, Oftentimes we, we depict the, the Afghanistan Iraq thing is, you know, the door kickers that are out there, you know, fucking kicking ass. And then, yeah, that's huge parts of it, too. But, you know, Hollywood always puts this thing o- over it that, like, you know, everywhere they're living is total shit. And there is shitty places out there. I'm not saying there isn't. But, like, when you get back to, like, main base, it's it's, it's everything. You got everything there. Yeah, like, like I told you, it was like... Being in Naples or actually back yeah. in the city. I mean, we had basketball leagues and tournaments and shit. And I don't know if you were looking at some of the posts at the time. I was going to do the business. And it was like, had a trope. Like, it was off the chain. Yeah. And, you know, the civilian contractors were over there just while and not doing what they do. And, uh, you know, one of the, uh, like you said, again, everybody's experience is different, right? So, yes, like if you were in Kandahar in the mountains, mm-hmm. of course, yeah, like that was some real shit. Yeah. And apparently some Navy dudes, I guess, got assigned that depending on what their job was or whatever, right? But, you know, like I said, I did a little bit of research or as much as I could. And uh, I kind of had some idea that I'd be pretty much chilling over there. Um, however, you know, as like I said, as good of a time that I was having, you know, other guys I ran into were pissed off because – you know, they got yanked off of sea duty mm-hmm. and they weren't going to get their time back. So they were pissed. Yeah, they're going back to <laughs> shit. To fucking... Hey, buddy, you get, a, you get a pat on the back, you know, you know, sea bag. So, yeah, I mean, I get I get why they were oh, yeah. pissed. But for me, I'm already on, on like, the, like deployment status. So, I mean, whether I go here on a boat, it doesn't matter. I'm going to deploy. So I might as well make it count for me personally, right? And get something out of it. Yep. So not only do I get to put that on my next evals, like, okay, you know, you know, with Afghanistan, da, 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 whatever. I got the dwell time. I got the extra money. I didn't have to see those assholes. So, I mean, it was all bueno for me. And like, like you kind of mentioned a lot back then, those IAs, they'd be like, Hey, when you up for orders next time, yeah, we know, got you. We're going to be a little bit nice to you. You know, we're going to play yeah. this a little bit better. And so then that's just like, oh, shit, man. Like, you getting a lot more cards than you possibly give. Yeah. Me. You know, like, you oh, yeah. stacking the deck in your favor. So. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't put up any fight. I, I took it like a G. said, okay, let's roll. Let's yeah. yeah, you got to flip everything into, into the best circumstances for yourself. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've been over there, you know, fucking Djibouti, and Djibouti got a, a DFAC in there. I've been to some other places that, you know, that have DFACs and not galleys. Huge difference, yeah. you know. <laughs> it, it's just like, you know, and a lot of it is because it's contractors and they're working or whatever. But, you know, anytime anyone who's been on ship is going to say, yeah, deploying to the desert and living in what, whether it's, you know, what you call it, your beehive or your chew or whatever, is yeah. always going to be better than a 30 to 80 man birthing on a ship. You know what I mean? Like where yeah. you have your actual own space, like actual space and not just a bed and a, and a, a cupboard to put your shit. You know what I mean? And, and two, two feet of, you know, of a hallway in between six men, you know, like, come on, man, you take that shit every day of the week over that fucking rack life. You know? Yeah, man. Like, like I had a, Pretty much uh, good size little bed and team. Like I had a setup. Like, it was a setup, bro. Like it was yeah. just like I was chilling. Yeah. You ain't got that shit. You know, your setup on a ship is like, you know, in your storeroom in this back spot. <laughs> you know, where you like stealing some space that you hoping chief don't fucking come in and find. They'd be like, hey, get the shit up out of here. Gear drift. Man, I'm, I'm hooping every day. Like, hey. I, I mean, I, I couldn't really beat it, and uh, uh, you know, the uh, they observed the Afghani uh, Sabbath, which was Saturday. No, it was a Friday. Yeah, Friday was it Friday. Yeah, yeah, it was Friday. Friday. So you do the Friday Saturday a week. Yeah. So so you know, we didn't roll out on Fridays. Mm-hmm. We did we go? I think we went Saturday and didn't go Sunday or something to that effect. So basically, yeah. we didn't really work. Like two days out the week, yeah. Just and on those days, yep. yeah, two days out the week, we basically kind of did like admin days, kind of did whatever bullshit you need to do. So I was working like five days out the week on a deployment, which obviously you know on a ship that ain't really gonna be kicking. I mean, you know, you go six to, days out the week, you, you lucky if yeah. you get holiday routine. Yeah, you go to your service if you want to, but you better be back at work when that service is over. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, dude, I, I mean, it was so chill. And then, oh by the way. If you were there for longer than six months, you got like vacation time. So basically, you got like two weeks of free leave. Yeah. So if you really wanted to play it smart and they couldn't tell you when to take it, you could have waited all the way to the end and actually transferred two weeks early. Or to, I'm sorry, I'm lying. I take that back. You couldn't, they, they, you couldn't do that. So you had to either take it like, sometime before you were getting ready to actually leave, but it wasn't like, you know, right before. Right. So because I was there for like a year, you know, I got the two weeks of free leave. Yeah. So, you know, went home to the crib and, you know, got a refresher and then had to come back. And so it was all bueno to me, dude. Like I, I, I have no complaints. So anyway, so that, that happened, you know, got my, my little EP. I was the, uh, Look at you. Uh, I was basically the, the LPO of the, of the depot because how our structure was is that like the 06s and above were all Air Force, but at the depot, the highest ranking enlisted person was a Navy senior chief. Senior chief, uh, I'm not gonna say his name. Cool dude. Uh, we kind of vibe, and I guess he kind of like adopted me as his son or whatever. But you know, we uh, we had a good little team going. And uh, then there was a couple like master sergeant, like, you know, Air Force E7s. Mm-hmm. And then there were like some little like uh, lower ranking army people and uh, 
uh, Air Force kids. So really, Senior Chief and I were the only Navy people in our little group. Uh, so, yeah, you know, we uh, you know, got a lot of FaceTime, and I actually ran like receiving and you know it's that was kind of a big deal there because receiving there included like security and it included a bunch of other shit right so we had little section and departments at our depot but everything came through receiving first because we had to do certain things so like the weapons guys wouldn't get their shit until it cleared my receiving stuff so you know it was kind of i mean i'm not gonna lie most people tried to like embellish and you know blow up the shit that they did but i'm, I'm not gonna lie we we kind of had, I kind of had a high profile job basically at the depot and had a lot of FaceTime with a bunch of blah, 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 blahs and whatever, whatever. Right. So anyway, it paid off my eval and la, 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 and all other bullshit. And so coming off that good tour, my, uh, you know, I successfully completed, went back to the uh, squadron and, uh, you know, started throwing my dick around a little bit and, uh, you know, just chill, man. So by that time, you know, that first class was there and, you know, he had kind of become entrenched. And I think I had like maybe a year left before I rolled. I was like, hey, man, you know, you got it, bro. It's your world. So I went back to the tool room and chilled out and, you know. Fought walk down. Get there. Yeah, fought walk down. And, but I mean, you know, again, I'm not going to mention his name, but he was a cool dude. You know, he, uh, like he and I were kind of on the same page. He kind of said what we need to say and, you know, broke it down and, uh, you know, because normally you don't get two first classes in a squadron because usually one makes first and they try to yank them to send them somewhere else or yeah. what, what, you know, whatever. But, you know, because I'm coming off IA, they didn't really fuck with us. Yeah. So <clears throat> because I had another first class there, you know, we can run some game, you know, a couple of days off here, there, you know, how we, <laughs> and we, we, we worked it, man. You know, we worked yeah. it. So I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. Hey, hey. He had like four kids, so he always had some shit to do. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like, hey, man, do you do? I got it. But I'm going to be gone Friday. Yeah. (laughs) So, hey, worked out. Good to go. No worries. Uh, So basically, you know, they're getting ready to go on on deployment, start doing workups and shit. And I'm like, uh, Hey guys, you know, I got my dwell time, right? So I'm so if I would have gone, I would have had to leave for like a month. I would have got like a month of deployment. And I was like, no, not this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go on their little workups and shit. I was like, all right, whatever, dude. I didn't really do shit and just chilled. And then they kept asking me, Hey, uh, hey uh, Ellis, are you, you sure you don't want to go with us? Or, you sure about that? I'm like, Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm good. You guys got it. So they sent me to the wing and, uh, you know, I chilled out there till I rotated and left on my merry way. And oh, by the way, you know, when it came time to pick orders, even though I was all the way on the West Coast, I was like, oh, hey, uh, detailer, umpty scrunch. Remember that little I took for you? Why don't you hook a brother up? Send me on back to SIG, bro. Got that one. So, yeah, went back to SIG. So. And you know. we'll pick up uh, the next episode from there. Because I think after SIG, you got that one and one more. And then you're, <clears> you're, uh, you're on the home stretch, weren't you? It was Outskis, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, that's where things get real interesting. Yeah. 
in the uh, Jane story. Yeah. Dun dun dun. <laughs> Hi everybody, thanks for uh, joining us again, and uh, you know, stay tuned for another episode. And after we wrap that one up, me and Jade are going to get into some other topics and stuff. And uh, I think it's just, all, like I said, I always say it, it's important to know uh, real-life stories of, of, of sailors and, and any military brother you know, our particular profession, profession of the Navy. And, uh, real shit. It's not all from Hollywood out here, you know. All right, James. Thanks yeah. for joining us again, bro. All right, everybody. Peace. For more information on how you can support the podcast, please visit us at anchor.fm backslash Bravo Zulu podcast. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely of Joshua Moore and the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent the DOD, DON, or those of the respected institutions or organizations. Thanks for joining us.